I'd like you to open your Bibles to Matthew 28. I believe this will be a short message today, but hopefully something that stirs your heart as it has mine. I was listening to the, uh, the singer-preacher Wintley Phipps recently, and he was saying a, a preacher had told him, Son, when you preach, in order for your message to be immortal, it doesn't have to be eternal. <laughs> I like that. Sometimes we preachers, we think we have to preach eternally to get the message through, but I'm not going to do that today. Matthew 28, beginning with verse 16. You can read with me up on the screen here. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, A little bit of authority, all authority in heaven but I'm working on the earth part, has been given me. All right? Unfortunately, that's the view a lot of times Christians have of their Jesus. We know he rules and reigns in heaven, but eh, this earth thing, it's a different story. All authority, what's all mean? I know you get tired of it, but I like to do it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, That's an important word. We miss that. I think, for me, the most important word in this whole passage in recent weeks is that word, therefore. I never connected it right. Because Jesus has been given all authority, both in heaven and on earth, therefore, because of that, in light of that, we can do what? Go. Go. One minister I used to work with, he used to love this passage. He says, brother, it doesn't ever say to come back. (laughs) It was a one-way ticket. Because I have all authority, go into all the world. Go to every creature. Go and make disciples of everyone from your nation. Right? Sri Lankans, go win all the Sri Lankans. Guyanese, go win all the Guyanese. Americans, go win all the Americans. Is that what it says? No. Go and make disciples of, I can't hear you, all nations? Ooh. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And here's another reason why you can go, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely, what's surely mean? You can count on it. Definitely, absolutely, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Let me tell you something. The Mayans didn't have it right, but the age is going to end. The world is going to come to an end. Not the way anybody down here has predicted, but the way God has decreed it. And I believe even though these false prophecies have created a lot of interest and at least a lot of uh, joking around and discussion, the reality is this thing is winding down. This is coming to a close. And we need to understand he's not going to leave us, he's not going to forsake us, even as times get darker and more difficult upon the face of the earth. This is the theme of our 21-day fast this year. All authority has been given to me. 
go there for? We're going to be praying over this earnestly. Just how does God want me to do that? Maybe you're not called to be a missionary to Africa or Central America, but you still have been commissioned by him to go there for. Where are you going? Where are you supposed to take the good news of the gospel? Because you see, all of us are called to be evangelists. Certain have a ministry gift of evangelist, but all of us are to do the work of evangelists. Taking the message of Christ, taking the good news to the nations. Go back to verse 18 for a minute. I want to revisit this expression, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You remember when Jesus was arrested and they were about to lead him to Pontius Pilate and in Matthew 26 when they came to arrest him you remember Peter pulled out his sword and cut off a man's ear I mean all this is in the Bible if you were Peter one of the future leaders of the early church wouldn't you like that to be left out of the gospel but one of the gospels actually gives his name Matthew doesn't, but it does say in Matthew 26, starting in verse 50, this is when Judas came up to him and kissed him. Jesus replied, friend, do what you came for. Then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest of all people cutting off his ear. And I believe Luke adds some more detail. Jesus, I mean, Jesus has been arrested. He's about to be crucified and he heals the man's ear. I mean, is God good or what? Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. This is what I want to show you. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. This is the Son of Man about to go to the cross for you and me in his weakness. He's been arrested, and he knows the authority that has been given to him. All he has to do is call on his Father, and legions of angels are instantly at his disposal. By the way, a Roman legion was 6,000 soldiers. So we're talking about 12 times 6,000 soldiers, but not soldiers from this world, soldiers from the heavenly kingdom can be instantly commissioned to save Jesus from any trouble, any trial. But look at the next verse. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way. How carefully Jesus followed every word of his Father. It was all scripted from before the foundation of the world, and he dared not deviate from that plan. But he's very clear in the previous verse. He had authority to deliver himself from all those soldiers, from all that trouble. Look in John 18, when he, a little later on, is standing before Pontius Pilate. John 18, 
Let's begin reading at verse 33. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Listen carefully. Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. Well, we saw one of them tried that. But now, my kingdom is from another place. Now fast forward to John 19. A little bit later, Pilate calls him in again. John 19, verses 10 and 11. And one of the things that bugged Pilate is he was asking all these questions, and Jesus was remaining silent, and it really bothered him. Do you refuse to speak to me, Pilate said? Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Now stop there. Hear carefully what Pilate is saying. Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Now in the natural sense, that's true. He was the man with the power. He was the man with the authority. He held Jesus' life in his very hands. He could decide to let him be crucified, or he could decide to free him. But look at Jesus' response. Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. Oh, if we can understand what Jesus is talking about here, it'll revolutionize our lives. I'm telling you, it'll change the way you look at life, change the way you look at your boss, the president, a dictator, a criminal, or anybody on the face of the earth. No one has any power unless it's been given to them by God. And now, no one has any power unless it's been delegated to them by Jesus Christ. Why? Because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. Let me tell you something. A president can't even move his finger unless Jesus gives him authority. A policeman cannot lift his gun or do anything unless God gives him the authority. We need to really pray over this until this revelation sinks deep into our lives. God is in control. He's in control of governments, of presidents, of situations, of people. There is no such thing as a coincidence or some wild person who's out of control. God is in control. And even the Pontius Pilate's have no power to do anything unless, for God's own reasons that are often beyond our understanding, he gives them that power. And in this case, God gave Pilate the power to decree, let him be crucified. Because it was part of God's plan. Now, turn with me to Luke 9, and we're going to read from verse 1 to 6. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority. Now, I think we all understand, you can't give away what you don't have. I mean, 
Vilma, I would love to give you a million dollars today, but I just, I'm sorry, I haven't quite got it yet. Maybe by next paycheck. You can't give what you don't have. So what does Jesus have to give to his disciples? Power and authority. Very, very precious commodities that I'm afraid often Christians are ignorant of or they've not really searched this out and gotten a revelation that all this power and all this authority that is Christ's has been delegated to us. What does it say? He gave them power and authority to drive out. Oh, you're quiet. Say it a little louder so the demons can hear you. Oh, all demons. Didn't sound too convincing. Gave them power and authority to beg the demons, a few of them, to please leave. Can you say this again with me? He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Keep going. And he, oh, he sent them out. Hmm. Notice the pattern. Authority, therefore, go. Power and authority, then he sends them out to preach the kingdom of God, the power and the authority of God, and to heal the sick. And you're saying, well, that works for a pastor or a full-time minister, but come on, brother, you don't expect me to go out and pray for a sick person. No? We'll come to that in a minute when we go to Mark 16. But if you're even entertaining those doubts, I'm going to blast them away today. He sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. You don't need any of that stuff. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, preaching the gospel and healing people everywhere. I love that. I love that. They went out, and they preached, and they healed everywhere they went. Now, go back to verse 4. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. And look at the next verse again. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave their town or their house as a testimony against them. God has been speaking to me very clearly. Maybe this is just for me. Maybe it's for a few of us that are really keenly involved in ministry. But God has been speaking to me very clearly. Go to places where you're welcome. Don't waste your time going to people and going to houses where they've already closed off their hearts. They're not interested in the good news. There are people out here that are hungry. God has already prepared them. They're just waiting for a word of good news. I shared with you earlier, we visited a young man a couple days ago. He was on the verge of committing suicide. We shared the gospel with him. He prayed and received Christ right there in his dining room. There are people like that that are ready and waiting. And we were, we were welcomed into that home by the parents with open arms. That's what Jesus is saying. Go where they welcome you because if they're welcoming you, they're welcoming me and they're welcoming my message. A lot of people are not going to welcome you. What do you do? Shake off the dust. See you later. We don't have time to waste. 
casting pearls before swine. We need to find homes, villages, people that are open to the good news of the gospel because time is running out. And there are plenty of people that are still ready and waiting to hear the message of the good news. Now, go to Mark 16, starting with verse 15. You can't possibly expect me, pastor, to go pray for the sick, right? I don't have that healing ministry. You can't ever expect me to go try to cast a demon out of someone. That's, you know, that's for the real holy men to do that. Mark 16, verse 15. Read these words with me. He said to them, go. Oh my, there it is again. We just keep going, right? Go into all the world and keep quiet. Anybody here have some good news for the world? No one? Do you have anything good to say? Then say it. Preach means proclaim. It doesn't mean whisper a little something. Shout it from the housetops. Go into all the world. Preach the good news to all creation. Okay? Whoever is a full-time pastor. what it says? Whoever believes. So whatever he's about to say is for a believer. Is that clear? How many believers do we have? A few. Okay, good. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Good. Now leave me alone. I'll just mind my own business and wait till Jesus comes. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. But there's more. These signs will accompany those who are in full-time ministry, who are pastors, apostles. Uh Uh-oh. This is, again, for all believers. These signs will accompany believers. In my name, there's that word again, I like it. They will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes. Now, don't go looking for any. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, don't go looking for that either. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people. Who will? Believers. Why? Because power and authority has been given to us. Why? Because he has all power and he has all authority. Therefore, go. Drive out the demons. Place your hands on sick people and they will get well. Now, I love the next two verses. After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven. And he sat at the right hand of God. That speaks about authority. And the disciples stayed home. They went out. There it is again. They went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord... Wait, I thought he was at the right hand of God. He's left them, right? No. Remember Matthew 28? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Preach the gospel. Lay hands on the sick. And he will work with you. He will be there by your side confirming his word with signs. Now, in closing, they got off to a real good start here, but then in Acts 1, 
Some of us have studied this already, but it's worth repeating. In Acts 1, Jesus gave this command before the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Acts 1, let's begin at verse 6 and read down to verse 8. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own what? Authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be witnesses. And this is basically an outline of the whole book of Acts. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This was not a Jerusalem gospel only. This was not a Judea and Samaria gospel only. It was for the ends of the earth. If you study the book of Acts and early church history, it took more than 10 years before they took the gospel outside of Jerusalem. You have to really think about that. 10 years is a long time. For 10 long years, they did not do what Jesus commanded them. They only did the very first part. Okay, we're going to stay here in Jerusalem and we'll be witnesses for Christ. And they had a nice Jewish, spirit-filled, Pentecostal church in Jerusalem and that's all they wanted. Because for centuries they had been told, stay away from the Gentiles. You are God's chosen people. The Gentiles, they're out there. They're just dogs. They're lost. Leave them alone. And basically, they still had it in their mind, we are God's chosen people. And so we're going to keep it in the family here. We're going to have a nice Jerusalem church. It took the death of Stephen, the very first martyr in the early church, and fierce persecution to shake them out of their complacency and to move them even into phase two, which is Judea and Samaria. Because you come all the way to the end of Acts 7, where it tells about the stoning of Stephen. And after his death, we read in Acts 8 verse 1, the following words. Saul, which is the Apostle Paul's original name, Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church. Where? At Jerusalem. That's the only church they had. And all except the apostles were scattered where? Does that ring a bell? Judea and Samaria? That was the second phase which they had not gone to in ten long years. Now, the Bible doesn't say this. This is my own interpretation. But God basically had to go and kick them out of Jerusalem. I hope God doesn't have to kick us to get us out. But he's speaking to us loud and clear. It's time to go out. It's time to take the blessings, the truth, the gifts, the power, the authority that has been given to us. It's time to take it outside the walls of the church. Fauci sitting back there says, I finally got the walls painted, and now you're telling them to get outside the walls. But that's okay. We'll come back once in a while, and we can admire the new paint job. They were scattered throughout Judea 
and Samaria. And look at what happened. They were sitting on this for 10 years. The, the fields were ripe for harvest. And it took persecution to kick them out and to get them moving in the direction that God wanted them to go. Next verse. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. And Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered, they preached the word wherever they went. Does that sound familiar? I think they're getting back on track again. Philip, he was just a table waiter. Philip went down to a city in Samaria. He's one of the ones that got kicked out. And what did he do there? He proclaimed the Christ. This man was not a pastor. He was not an apostle. He was a table waiter. He was just a servant. Remember, they they needed help serving the widows. So he was there delivering food and and helping with with the tables. That's all he was known as in the early church. And yet, here he is now. He's been kicked out of Jerusalem. He's going down to Samaria, and he starts to preach Christ. Maybe even he was amazed at the results. When the crowds heard Philip, And saw the miraculous what? These what will follow you? These signs will follow those who believe. When they saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits. He's driving demons out. Evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. He's doing exactly what Jesus told them 10 years earlier to do. Go into all the world, drive out demons, lay hands on the sick, and preach the good news of the kingdom. Next verse. So there was a little joy. Great joy in that city. Do you realize you and I have the potential to bring joy to people? Bring joy to a home, maybe to a neighborhood, maybe even to a city? We have that kind of power. We're just not using it. We're sitting on it, and we're wondering, well, maybe somebody else will go do it. And like I say, I hope it doesn't take what it took in the early church to really get us moving out, but I I strongly believe that the direction of this church is going to change in this coming year. We're, We're going to be looking for homes where we can have small evangelistic meetings. We want to have people within the church open up their homes, invite people from their neighborhood, and make these meetings more of an outreach and more of an evangelistic ministry rather than all of us just sitting around and looking at each other for the rest of the year. we got work to do. we got work to do. Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then where? The ends of the earth. It takes a little longer before anyone is willing to, to go outside of Judea and Samaria. Remember the Samaritans were like half Jews. But it's going to take a little bit longer before anyone dares to go to the Gentiles. That happens in Acts chapter 10 when Peter finally preaches to Cornelius and all of his household. And it was with a lot of resistance. Peter argued with the Lord and fought with God and said, I've never touched anything unclean. I've never been in a Gentile house. Why are you sending me here to share this good news? I thought this good news was just for the Jews back in Jerusalem. These people were very stubborn. 
in obeying what God had told them to do. Thank God we're not like that. Finally, in Acts 10, as Peter is preaching to this group, the Holy Spirit falls on all of them. They all start speaking in tongues. They all get baptized in water, and it creates a huge stir. And from then on to the end of the book of Acts, they start going out. I mean way out to Corinth, to Thessalonica, to Rome, and beyond. They finally did what Jesus told them to do, go to the ends of the earth. I want to pray that during these coming days, there will be a stirring in our hearts that only the Holy Spirit can create. But I've already seen some pretty significant signs in the last few weeks as Pastor Quasi and I have been moving in this word. We've been going out. We've been going to pray for sick people. We've been going to places where there's an opening to share the gospel, and we're seeing God confirm that. And I'm very excited that if we will get in tune with the Holy Spirit in this coming year, I believe there's a season where God wants to use each one of us, not just two of us, use each one of us to go into places, share the gospel, pray for the sick. You know, there's nothing like a miraculous healing to get people's attention. You may say, yeah, but pastor, I'm not a very eloquent speaker. It doesn't matter. When somebody's healed of cancer, they will listen to you. They will call Auntie Bubba, Uncle Bubba, Cousin Bubba, all the Bubbas. They'll bring everybody there for you to preach to them if they know that somehow you got power in your hands and when you lay it on the sick people, they get healed. It's not in your hands. It's the power of God. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Go into all the world preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize them, lay hands on the sick, drive out the demons, and get people ready for the coming of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I believe that you're moving us into a season after this fasting and prayer that we will be doing for the next three weeks. You're moving us into a season where we're going to be launching out. And God, I pray even now that hearts and homes would be prepared, that you would open doors for each and every one of us, that we could go places where we've not gone before with the good news of the gospel and reach hearts and reach lives that are desperate for your good news. Lord, these are the last of the last days. Time is running out. Night is coming when no man can work. Help us to use the daylight while we still have it. God, I pray that you would bring uh, a revelation into each one of our lives about this truth that all authority and all power belongs to our God. And therefore, we can go knowing that you are there to back us up, to back up your word, and to confirm it with signs and wonders and miracles. God, I pray that you would continue to heal the sick, stretch forth your mighty hand, and work notable miracles in these days to come. Miracles that would shake families and, and neighborhoods and even whole towns and cities, oh God. Oh, confirm your word with power, with miracles, so that your name can be glorified and so that souls can be drawn to you. God, use each one of us. 
We give ourselves to you. We abandon ourselves to your purpose and plan. Go ahead of us now and even today. Use each one of us according to your will and plan. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 